0: Great. Well, good morning, everybody. It's um, uh, Hi, everyone. It's been, oh, that's great. You no, know, there's, there's little interaction, isn't there? So it's quite nice to just know we're all together. So anyway, good morning. It's really, um, it's really fantastic to be able to um, talk about uh, guidance this morning. We're on a series about guidance and uh, we're on our fourth week. And last week, uh, John gave us an overview of God's guidance in the Old Testament. And today we're going to be focusing on God's guidance in the New Testament. From my first days as a young believer, when I was a teenager, uh, I had some powerful experiences of God moving in my life and, and of God speaking to me. I knew from the beginning that becoming a Christian was truly about being in a relationship with Jesus and a life lived in the power of the Holy Spirit. I knew that God wanted me to hear his voice and to follow him wherever he leads. And from the beginning, I understood that if I truly wanted God to guide my life, it was going to be a great adventure. But this adventure would regularly take me outside my comfort zone. And uh, that's shown to be true. Uh, God is not silent. Uh, By his Holy Spirit, he speaks to us and he guides us in different ways and we are called to listen and to respond. Throughout the New Testament, from the very beginning with the four Gospels, which tells, walks us through the life of Jesus to the very end at Revelation, which gives us a preview of when Jesus returns and all things are made new, when there is no more, no more crying or pain or death or mourning, uh, when the old order of things have passed away. And I don't know about you, but I've been praying for that more these days than ever. <laughs> Come Lord Jesus, now we'll be good. (laughs) Uh, But you see throughout the whole of the New Testament, the Holy Spirit at work. He is acting, he is leading, he is guiding, he's empowering, he's counselling and he's comforting through it all. And particularly I love looking at the four Gospels and seeing how the Holy Spirit is present with Jesus We see the Holy Spirit enabled Mary to become pregnant in the first place. The Holy Spirit anoints Jesus at his baptism. He guides Jesus into the desert. It's by the Spirit's power that he heals and performs miracles. The Holy Spirit anoints Jesus to preach good news. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit to Jerusalem, where he was arrested and crucified. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he was raised from the dead. Throughout Jesus' earthly life and his ministry, the Holy Spirit is with him and guiding him. And then in John 14, which Akin, you read beautifully uh, earlier, uh, Jesus shares the last meal with his disciples. That's where we are in these, past- in these chapters in John. Uh, this is the, the, the last time that Jesus is, is going to be with his disciples before um, the end of his life is about to come. And just before hours before his betrayal and death, Jesus drops this bombshell. He's going to leave his followers behind. But Jesus assures them in this passage, that, however, that he will not abandon them, but will provide them with a counsellor. The Holy Spirit will come to them and will be with them forever. In verse 26, it says, Jesus says, but the counsellor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. And then a couple of chapters on in John chapter 16, Jesus goes on to describe the work of the Holy Spirit when he comes. And the message version of the Bible describes it beautifully when Jesus says, I still have many things to tell you, but you can't handle them now. But when the friend, I love that description, the friend comes, the spirit of truth, he will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is. Jesus' promise of the Holy Spirit is immensely comforting. His followers are not alone. Though Jesus is not physically present with us, he has sent the Holy Spirit to comfort and to counsel us, his followers, and to lead us into truth. After Jesus' death and resurrection, which happens in the next chapters, he promised the disciples that they would receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon them at Pentecost, and that they will be his witnesses in Jerusalem and to the very ends of the earth. And we are still a part of that calling um, of God to, um, to reach the whole world with the good news of Jesus. We live in New Testament times and it's incredible. You see, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit did not dwell in all of God's followers. He was given selectively and temporarily for special purposes at different times. But in John 14, Jesus tells the disciples that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will will be with them and in them, and it would be forever. There was a new permanence to the presence of the Holy Spirit, and we live in those times. Since Pentecost, every believer has the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Because we've been born again by the Spirit, we can know the mind of Christ because we have his word, and the Holy Spirit is guiding us into all truth and we see throughout the new testament with the birth of the early church and throughout all of paul's missionary journeys and the letters to the early churches that were written um, that this life we have in jesus is a life indwelt by the holy spirit think about that we have the holy spirit dwelling in us as followers of jesus the same holy spirit that hovered over the earth at creation who dwelt in the Ark of the Covenant, who empowered the earthly ministry of Jesus and brought him back from the dead. That same Holy Spirit lives in us today and he wants to direct our lives. We don't have to persuade him. He wants to and he's waiting to. It's incredible. A good friend of mine said this. She said, thanks to the cleansing blood of Jesus, our lives have become a holy place for God to set up a base of operations. I love that. Our lives are a holy place of God to set up a base of operations. So as people who have the Holy Spirit, he is with us and he is in us. How do we walk in the Holy Spirit? How do we experience his power in our lives and his guidance throughout our lives? How do we experience his leading? I think we read this passage a couple of weeks ago, but in Luke chapter 11, Jesus says, I tell you, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. If you then who are evil know how to give good good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I believe God will not be slow in answering this prayer in Luke 11 when we pray. You see, central to guidance, which is our topic, um, is this, is that we have to be, we need to be, we must be people who pursue Jesus. Fully submitting our lives to him, putting Jesus first and trusting him. That is central to receiving God's guidance, is in pursuing him first and foremost. This is at the heart of it. To know God's guidance um, is to, uh, to know Jesus. But how do we receive God's guidance? Um, What ways do we actually receive? How do we know what God is calling us to, what God wants of us? How do we know how to make decisions and how to make choices? Well, a good place to start is the Bible. God has given us the Bible. And this is a place where we really should start. And the first question is this. Does the Bible speak directly to the choice or the decision I have to make? For example. I don't need to agonise over whether or not to take revenge on someone or whether I should share my faith with my family or my friends or my colleagues or whether I should forgive somebody. The Bible makes, is very clear on many things and he makes things super clear that, um, that sometimes are the decisions and the, and the choices that we have to make. He's clear on how we are to live our lives and make decisions um, through what he says in his word. But the second question is this, how does the Bible call me to set priorities in my life? And how does that inform the choice before me? When we're seeking God's guidance, we have to look at the priorities that God sets in our lives through his word. For example, when we're seeking God's guidance, we can ask these two questions. There are many questions, but these are two examples of questions that we can ask. Does this choice that I have to make give me influence for the Great Commission? Another one would be, does this choice give me an opportunity to express God's love and his justice? God's priorities are very clear in his word to us. If you're looking for guidance, the Bible will often resolve the question. However, for other decisions, it might not be clear. And so God has not just given us the Bible, God has given us our minds. A critical promise for decision-making, I think, comes in John James chapter 1, verses 5-8, to 8, when it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. So if we want wisdom from God, he promises to give it to us. What he doesn't say is how exactly he will give us that wisdom, just that he will give it. And I think this means that God, who has given us our minds, enables us to think things through. As we do, continuing to ask God's wisdom as we think, we can make decisions and trust that God has shaped our thoughts to bring about the right decision. I think this is what it means to be acting by faith is to pray and seek God's wisdom and then to consider how God's shaping our thinking to make our decisions and our, our choices. In Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it talks about how we have the mind of Christ. As followers of Jesus, indwelt by the Holy Spirit, we have the mind of Christ. That's an extraordinary thing, isn't it, that we have the mind of Christ. But it can seem a bit ordinary to say, you know, how is your thinking developing? How is God maybe shaping your thinking all this? And you but you may be surprised that throughout the New Testament there are phrases that the apostles use that are very ordinary, phrases like, We thought it best, and I thought it necessary, and if it is fitting, or if it is not desirable, or it seemed good, it's like those are all the things that they were thinking, those. Very ordinary expressions, but I think they really help us to see that sometimes as we seek God's guidance, it's in the ordinariness of our own thinking and how God is shaping our thinking in our decision making. God has given us a mind and he's been busy reshaping it by his word. As we read the Bible, God shapes our minds and our thinking and God expects us to use our minds. Every day we're making decisions and the Holy Spirit is with us as we think and as we decide and as we act. When Paul and I were in full-time youth ministry in the northeast of England we had to make a really big decision to leave whether to leave the northeast and leave full-time youth ministry and work in human resources. Can you imagine? (laughs) Leave youth ministry and go into human resources for us it did not make any sense at all uh, initially Um, and it was a really difficult decision because our heart and our passion was for a youth ministry but as we prayed and as we thought about it, God seemed to start to sh- reframe our thinking around um, this decision as to whether to stay in youth ministry or whether to move to Birmingham as we've been requested and to work in human resources. As we prayed and sought God's wisdom, he started to change our minds. And we knew this must have been something of God because in our natural bent, we wanted to just stay in youth ministry. But God seemed to be reframing our thinking and our minds. Towards something different, and as God started to reframe our mind and our thinking, we then had to choose to act on that new thinking. So we have the Bible and we have our minds that God is shaping, and as we seek His wisdom, He helps us to understand more of what He's asking of us and how He's guiding us. But often, other people's perspectives can be helpful to us as we seek God's guidance too. And God puts wise counsel around us. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25 says, the way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. Ideally, we should look to counsel from people who know us well, who know and walk with God and know his ways and who will be objective with us. The counsel of others can be helpful and sometimes unhelpful. <laughs> it's just advice. It's not the word of God. But God does help other people to, um, to help us to, um, to see God's guidance and to understand what He's asking of us. When um, Paul and I had this big decision to make about whether to stay in youth ministry or whether to, um, to leave and move to Birmingham to move into human resources. Um, we sensed that God was shaping, reframing our thinking about this but we really wanted to test it out so we had key people who we sought counsel from in making these decisions and along the way throughout our lives we've we've got a few key people that have really walked with us in some of our big decision making who we really trust. These are people who ask us good questions, they don't necessarily tell us uh, what to do but they rarely tell us what to do but they ask us really good questions having people around us that will ask us really good questions helps us to really understand how god is guiding us at times Uh, we need these people who will pray with us who will challenge us who will encourage us and tell us the hard things sometimes if necessary As we trust them in their own walk with God, they can really help us to understand what God is saying to us by spirit at different times. So God's given us this word. God has in the Bible. God has given us our minds and he's reframing our thinking to become more like because we have the mind of Christ as the Holy Spirit dwells in us. He's put wise counsel around us. But also God has given us desires. In Psalm 37, verse 4, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. We can be a bit squeamish, can't we, about acknowledging our desires as we know how easy it is to justify ourselves and doing whatever we want because that is a desire that we have. I desire to eat chocolate all the time, but is that what I should be having all the time? No, that's not That's not the kind of desires we're talking about here. Um, I'm sure you have your own things. <laughs> um But... As we think about God's guidance and what God calls us to there's kind of sometimes an inbuilt fear in us that if we really trusted God um, and sought his will then he would just only have things that we wouldn't want to do. Uh, God would ask us to just do the things that we wouldn't want to do but God doesn't always work like that. Um, We can know that that naturally we can have very unhelpful desires and sinful things And we just have to perpetually come before the Lord. And as we walk in the power of the spirit, God highlights those things in our lives. But as we delight ourselves in the Lord, I believe he begins to shape our desires. 30 plus years ago when um, i was working in a bank and um midland bank doesn't exist anymore uh, but i that's how old i am i worked in midland bank and um and i very brief time in my life um and as i was working in the bank i started to feel really restless and i wondered if god was starting to full, uh, call me into full-time youth ministry and so i prayed about it i was still a fairly young believer at the time and I desperately wanted to know what God wanted me to do. Um, I did not want to make this decision unless I knew what God wanted me to do. And so as I prayed and I sought counsel, particularly I sought counsel from a wise lady and, uh, who'd known me very well. And she asked me a surprising question. She said to me, what do you want to do? <laughs> as I sought her counsel, I did not expect her to ask me that question. What do you want to do? I hadn't considered as I was seeking God and praying and and asking Him what He was calling me to. I didn't consider what I wanted to do, what my own desires were, in that decision making. And so, when she said to me, "What do you want to do?" I said, "I really want to go into youth ministry." And she said, "Well, maybe God has put that desire on your heart." And. As she said that to me, it totally unlocked my ability to uh, act on this desire within me and not feel like it was something that was sinful. And just because it was my own feelings and desires, therefore God can't have that for me. Um, It actually unlocked my thinking, gave me the confidence to take the next steps in pursuing youth ministry and trusting that God would close the door if that wasn't what he wanted for me. And I think this is one of the things as we think about guidance is that actually as we're open to the Holy Spirit's leading. And as we read the Bible, as we think about things, as we seek wise counsel and as we consider our own desires, we're called to take action and to take steps, trusting that the Holy Spirit who is speaking to us is also able to close doors when things are not right for us. And so that's what I did. I, I pushed the door, and um, and as you know, the rest is history, and then God called us into human resources. What's that about? That was not a desire of our hearts, but God actually gave us the desire for that over time, actually. It was a really interesting journey. So we've talked through this that God gives us the Bible, He gives us our minds, wise counsel and our desires. But there are many other ways that the Bible records of God speaking throughout the New Testament in particular. He speaks to us through prophetic words, through visions and through dreams and through circumstances. The book of Acts is full of stories of how God speaks to us in these ways. Let me encourage you to read the book of Acts as you think about guidance and you think about how God speaks in different ways and how God leads us through through what can seem a bit more subjective at times, um, but they are significant ways that God speaks and guides us. I'm sure many of us on Zoom today have stories of how God has guided us in these these ways through through maybe dreams and visions, through just circumstances that you think that was a God circumstance, that is not just something that just happened, and through prophetic words even. I certainly um, can tell stories in big ways and small ways of how God has guided me through these ways. From a prophetic word that somebody gave me 12 years ago that I'm starting to see come true today, to the time when Joel was a baby and I lost his favorite blanket. If you've had kids and they have a favorite thing, you know what a disaster that is. We lost his favorite blanket and I prayed and God led me to a house to a lady who'd found it and was keeping it safe because she thought this must be a precious thing for somebody. I could tell you that whole story. It was it was incredible um, to a time when um, when I felt God lead me to pray for my for Paul and my protection as we were driving in the car. We were driving down the motorway from Newcastle to Brighton for Christmas. And I really felt a strong compulsion that God was leading at me to pray for our protection. And, uh, and because Paul and I were praying together, we were praying. And then a few minutes down the road, the back end of our car blew up. And um, the AA man, when he came out, just told us it was a miracle that we were alive. To a time when we fast and prayed, and God has given us clear guidance uh, as to what He's asking for us. God does speak in these ways by His Spirit to us. God is always communicating with us as we seek to hear Him and we're open to what He has to say to us, and we're not rigid in how we expect God to speak we will hear from him. But we must ask ourselves, as we think about guidance, as we think about how we, the choices that we have to make and the decisions that we have to make, are we open to God's will for our lives? Whatever he has for us, whatever that looks like, do we come before God and genuinely open ourselves to whatever he wants for us? His will be done, not ours. As I bring this into conclusion, I'd like to uh, leave you with four key words uh, to think about as you think about God's guidance in your life. And these four words are walk, ask, consider and act. Firstly, walk. Walk with God. Closely and continually, living in the power of his spirit. This helps us to listen to God's thoughts and not ours. It helps us to receive God's ongoing leading as his plans for us usually become clear over time. So walk with God closely and continually. Secondly, ask God to reveal his will. Pray for wisdom. Fast. Fasting is a really good way of just creating some space and intentionality with you and the Lord, on uh, seeking his will and his his voice in our lives. Search the Bible. Have times of silence. Sometimes we're so busy talking that uh, we don't give God space to uh, speak to us. Have space to think. Wait. Speak to trusted people. Examine your desires. What do you think he wants you to do? Has he given you a word, a dream, a vision? How is he using your circumstances to speak to you? So ask, ask God to reveal his will to you. Thirdly, consider what steps you can take. As you walk with God, as you ask for him, for his will, what do you think God wants you to do next? What's the one next step that God wants you to take in what, the things that you're asking him for? In my experience, God rarely lays out the whole plan to me, but He does show me the next step. Consider what next step God is calling you to take. And finally, act. Trust God to continue to guide you and your steps as you push doors and see which ones open for you. As you sense His leading, move out and He will guide your way. God leads us on the move. Walk act, consider, sorry, walk, ask, consider, and act. And finally, all of this is based on a complete surrender to God's will, unconditional, your will, not mine, and our desire to bring him glory in our lives and to live our lives for him, to step out of the boat wherever he leads us. As we walk in that kind of way with Jesus, he will guide us, he will speak to us, he will show us the steps he wants us to take. We're going to listen to a very familiar song now called Oceans, and the reason I'd like us to listen to this song, Um, there is a line of um, uh, just about God leading us deeper um, to places where we have to trust him more. And as we seek God's guidance, Let's trust him for things beyond our comfort zone, beyond the things that we would just, our safe, our safe zone that we would just want to stay in, trusting God fully with our lives. Um, we're going to play that song now. Um, I'm going to pray for us um, and then uh, just spend some time now to, um, to consider before the Lord, just you and the Lord, what he has to say to you at this time how he's calling you to trust him in new ways, what he wants to say to you. Holy Spirit, we thank you that we uh, live in a time where you are um, dwelling in us, Lord. um, Thank you that you are uh, in our lives and that you are speaking to us, that you are our counsellor and that you lead us into all truth. You remind us of the things that Jesus said. And Holy Spirit, as we seek to live our lives um, and uh, in the light of your, um, your goodness and your priorities and the truth, Lord, I pray for each one of us that we would um, hear your voice, that as we ask you, as we walk with you, as we ask you to speak, that Lord, you would speak to us, that we would hear your voice, that we would know the next steps that you're calling us to take and you would give us the courage and the power to act on them. Amen.